What is up, family? It's Dr. Dale, the author of How to Raise a Doctor and the author of Pre-Med Mondays. Both books are available on Amazon.com, so make sure you grab a copy. And you are listening to the Black Men and White Coats podcast, the place where black male clinicians have the platform to share their stories with you. I'm really excited about today's guest, but before we get into that, I want to make sure you all know about the Black Men and White Coats Teen Summit. It's going to be taking place on February 16th, 2019. That's February 16th. 2019 in Dallas, Texas, on the campus of UT Southwestern Medical Center, all right? So make sure you register. You can go to blackmenandwhitecoats.org backslash summit to pre-register, all right? Make sure you're there. Share with your friends. Share with your teachers. Share with anybody you can get it to. We want to have a packed house for this event, and we're going to have a lot of great stuff for you guys, all right? So visit us, register. Now, today's guest is our very first student on the show. Everybody up until now has been a medical doctor. Today is our first student on the show, but he deserves his spot because he has such a great journey. And you're going to hear it in this episode, right? He's overcome so many things to get to where he's at today, and he's going for that dream. He is going for that goal. You're going to enjoy it. His name is Emmanuel McNeely, a.k.a. Manny Mac. Manny Mac is our guest today. Check it out. Hello, my name is Emmanuel McNeely. I am currently a second year medical student at the Schmidt College of Medicine at Florida Atlantic University in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Dr. Dale uh, for all the all of his work with diverse medicine and black men in white coats. Uh, he may not know this, but in my application cycle, um, after doing poorly on my MCAT and just looking for any glimmer of hope. I would watch every one of his videos over and over again as he interviewed other black males in medicine. And I do credit him uh, for a lot of my uh, persistence. Uh, so thank you so much, uh, Dr. Dale. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, so my name again is Emmanuel McNeely. I come from a uh, northern suburb of Chicago, Illinois, Waukegan, Illinois. And um, I'll start my story. I was a young uh, male. Growing up in a household, very privileged to have two parents, uh, William and Patricia McNeely. Uh, they never went to college, uh, but they were very hardworking. They instilled a lot of values into me. Um, we were very involved in our local church, and we served there maybe four to five days per week. Um, my, my parents were very, very strong in their faith, and I also credit them for any successes uh, that I've been blessed to experience uh, today. So I started off a young man, very eager to uh, help out in the church, very eager to love on people in any way I could. I played the drums. Uh, I worked on our uh, communications board, doing um, a lot of the sound equipment. I was very short and out of shape, but I was also on security, <laughs> as ironic as that is. So um, just very grateful for this, uh, the example that my parents, especially my father, William, uh, that he set for me. Uh, I looked up to him, still look up to him every day. Um, and no matter what, he pushed me academically. Uh, a lot of times I wanted to be class clown. I wanted to joke around. And I knew if I messed up in elementary school one day, third grade, I cracked a joke uh, in front of the class. Teacher didn't like it. Everyone else was laughing. Before I knew it, I looked to the right and I saw a tall, dark image in the doorway. And there William McNeely was eyes probably bloodshot red from working all night. Um, my parents are in uh, business. 
and very, very busy, but he would make time to come correct me. And those moments right there really changed the direction of my life. Um, he was there to correct me in front of the entire class and I'll never forget it. And what do you know? I start performing better. <laughs> so, um, that's, that was my childhood pretty much. I have an older brother, older sister. Um, and our parents always pushed education. So, uh, going to middle school, uh, my dad fought for me to go to a gifted program. And I didn't want to go to this particular middle school. I wanted to go to another middle school where my friends were going to be at. Uh, so I would act out and again, he would, similar story. He would show up and then, you know, you're going to do well in this class. And he's very strict in that regard. And I ended up uh, performing better. And my high school years, I played sports for the first couple of years, had a growth spurt, but it was always number one, academics, academics, academics. So, um, I for, I forewent, um, participating in football for varsity and I started working, um, at a local hospital and I actually won a scholarship to uh, continue working at the cancer hospital where I, uh, worked as a pharmacy technician, uh, for a total of three years there. And at that point in time, I was interested in pharmacy. Um, but I sought out one of the physicians there who allowed me to, um, go into his surgery. He showed me a routine cholecystectomy, uh, procedure, uh, removing gallstones from a gallbladder. And at that point in time, I said, at 18 years old, I want to be a surgeon. Um, little did I know what that entailed. I didn't know any African American physicians. Um, to this point, I've worked in a hospital for about 10 years, volunteering in various aspects. Um, I've only known personally two African American physicians that I worked with in a hospital. Um, so at that point, I didn't know what it was going to take, but I had that desire. So before I start specifically in my story, I had countless advisors, teachers, medical doctors as well. They told me to my face, you will not go to medical school. Do you know how hard it is to go to medical school or any school? Do you know what it entails? Your scores are not good enough. Your chances are very low. Don't be unrealistic. Have a backup plan. And when they said have a backup plan, the tone in their voice, the context of what they were saying was, you aren't going to be a doctor. Be a real, be realistic. Choose something else. And a particular story in high school, I was in uh, accelerated pre-calculus. I loved math. It was me and one other African-American male student in the class. And we performed well. I did not have top grades, all A's, but I performed well in math. The teacher repeatedly would crack. Uh, racial jokes. One joke in particular, I sat in the front of the class. She said, I, I slipped on some ice this morning. It was black ice. No offense, Emmanuel. And the whole class laughs. It's only me and my other friend, who's my best friend to this day. We're in the class. And I, and I just sat there and I'm like, okay, w what is this that you're giving me? Um, I had a question about uh, one of my exams or homework assignment. I would ask her if I could see where I messed up. She would brush me off and she wouldn't take the time with me. The next year I got into advanced placement statistics. I loved math, very excited. I got a B on my first exam. After the first exam, she brought me and my best friend, Dominique, to the back of the class and encouraged us to drop her course. I tell her, why do you want me to drop your course? I got a B on the exam. I didn't study as hard as I could have. She stops me and says, it's only going to get harder from here. 
And if we cannot keep our averages up for this course, the school will drop this class. So you should drop this class. At that point in time, I knew no matter how hard I tried, she would try to sabotage me. She had already had a history of cracking jokes about how I was going to be able to perform, um, you know, black ice, this, that, and the other. I said, okay, let me drop. These stories are so significant in a young, impressionable black man's life. Um, so I had to deal with that and move forward. I took physics, didn't do well in physics. I was working 30 hours a week. Um, while in high school, I would get called out to go help at the hospital because some of the people were on maternity leave. And I was like, man, you know, this is money. This is a good job. You know, I'm going to graduate. Let me just get as much exposure as possible. Um, so now this is, um, my senior year of high school and I wanted to get into this one university. Um, I thought I had the ACT, the ACT score I needed and I did not get accepted. So my dreams and hopes were shattered. I did get a scholarship to a local school, um, in the neighboring states. So it was going to be about 40 minute drive. I said, okay, let's go up there. So I went up there. It wasn't my dream school by a long shot, but I performed my best, taking 18 credit hours and working in a pharmacy that was about 45 minutes away. Uh, worked about 20 hours a week doing that. Still very involved in my church and I was very busy with school. What happens when you have a lot on your plate? You're 18 years old and you're not focusing on one thing. I was an average student. I probably had a low B average in my GPA. Um, and for everyone out there listening, you need to do the absolute best you can with your coursework. This isn't something everyone says because it sounds good. You will be evaluated from day one to the last day before you apply to go to the next position, the next level, the next school. Do not close doors on yourself because you didn't fully apply yourself. And that's an important lesson I had to learn, which was time management. So I have this low GPA and I say, okay, um, I had a scholarship here. I kept my scholarship. I need to transfer and go to another school. Uh, I reapplied to my dream school, did not get accepted. Applied to another school in South Florida, got accepted. They had a research chemistry degree. I loved chemistry. I said, that's what I'm going for. So in 2009, my dad and I drove from Chicago, Illinois to South Florida, and I got a second shot at pursuing my dream of becoming a surgeon. Um, so I participated in a lot of extracurricular activities. I had so much more time on my hands because I wasn't working 20 hours. I wasn't driving here and there. So um, I literally played the drums for the school. I was involved in student government. I was a sports announcer for the team. Um, any and everything I can get my hands into. I also engaged in some um, cancer research while I was uh, at my school. And I you know, worked during the summers. And I would say, once again, I was stretching myself too thin. So again, having all these extra things, I thought, man, this is going to make for a really strong application into medical school. And I was involved in so much. And then I um, came to the realization that, hey, your grades are good on normal standards, but they're not great. And to go into medical school, you need great grades. So again, that was not my focus. If you looked at my schedule, that wasn't my focus. I would have told you, yeah, my focus is to get good grades. But at the end of the day, I stretched myself so thin and I graduated with a mediocre, moderately good GPA. So I graduated in 2012 and um, 
the physician that allowed me to shadow him had an MD MBA. So I said, okay, I'll take a gap year, take my MCAT, and I will literally get an MBA in a year's time. So I took all the prereq courses the previous summer, and I said, all right, let's do this. I took my MCAT, and I did not score what I wanted to take, what I wanted to get. What do you do? So I kept working as a sports announcer. I would do master's classes at night. And I said, okay, I'm going to retake this test. I'm going to do all this. I'm going to stay involved, make sure I'm still, you know, doing a lot on paper so I can go to medical school. Quickly, I ran out of money. I was not able to receive financial aid for whatever reason, and I ran out of money. I was trying to pay out of pocket at this point, and that didn't go well. So I stopped my classes, and this whole big picture of me going to medical school right after I graduate and going to be a surgeon and I'm smart and everyone, oh, you're smart, you'll you'll be great. I did not do what I needed to do at that point in time to be a competitive applicant. I had some growth to go through. This is my winding road to medicine. So now this part of the story is where I take everything I can and I pray and I work as hard as I possibly can. And now I'm on a whole different route, but I want to make sure my destination is medical school. So I started working random jobs. You know, those jobs you get when you graduate undergrad and people know that you'll do just about anything (laughs) because it's your first job. So I ended up taking, um, I don't know if it was a pyramid scheme. I don't even know how to categorize this job. Uh, but literally I was teeth whitening up and down the East Coast and uh, staying in random barn houses. And it was with some people affiliated with my undergrad uh, school. So I said, okay, I guess I trust you guys. That job fell flat on its face. And I applied for some other jobs with my uh, former university. Um, And those people, they knew me and they knew I was going to be a physician. So if I wanted to work in um, a department and I told them, this is what I want to do. They're like, no, you want to be a physician. We can't hire you. We need someone long term. So it backfired. I'm like, great. You knew my aspirations. Now I can't even get a job, you know, enough to make a rent and stay down in Florida. So, uh, you know, I said, all right, I got to shift my focus again. So I just started studying for my MCAT. I was uh, trying to figure things out. And in 2014, now, um, a year later, took my MCAT, did not do well on it again. And now I was facing the option of moving back home to my parents' house. 24 years old, like, man, this is going to be the end of my dream. And if I do go to medical school, it's going to be a lot harder doing so in Chicago because I've been laying roots and sowing seeds down here in South Florida. So um, I, I took my MCAT. I didn't do well. So I said, okay, I'm going back to Florida, but this time I've got to get a good job. I've got to make some money. So I can sustain my pursuit to medicine. So I'm applying everywhere. I'm living in my friend's house on his couch. Um, all my stuff is in garbage bags and it's a hundred degrees outside. So every time I would get a, a job interview, I go to the basement and all the garbage bags and I find a tie and I find a dress sock and then look for another dress sock and try to iron the suit over and over again. Some r- real pursuit of happiness type stuff. <laughs> and, um, Everyone's no, no, no. You're a chemistry major. What are you going to do in this field? No, no, no. Um, again, I couldn't get a job with my former school. Uh, so I said, okay. I was networking and found a car dealership. And long story short, 
five interviews, persistently going back to them, calling them every single day at the exact same time. They took a guy with a chemistry degree to sell vehicles, <laughs> to sell cars. So I trained there. Very hard season in my life. Some weeks I would work 70 hours a week. And I learned how to deal with difficult people. That's one thing I took from that job. Um, but that being said, I did well. I did well for um, one of the months. And I was able to, to really gain good rapport with um, patients, <laughs> gain good rapport with uh, customers. And um, I was starting to do well. I was I had to do this job because I had to pay back uh, what I owed the schools to get my transcripts because I was going to pay out of pocket. I didn't qualify for financial aid at that time. Uh, so long story short, I needed maybe 15, 20 grand to make that um, in order to pay back what I owed some schools in order to move forward. Can't apply to med school without transcripts. So um, after I started doing well, after some months went by, I had to tell myself, you are not going to get sucked up in this money because, you know, for the first time in my life as a 24 year old man, I'm able to buy food and stay where I want and kind of do what I want. It's a lot different from being a poor college kid, but I had to keep my end goal in mind. So um, the second I got enough money to apply to grad programs, uh, master of uh, biological science programs, I applied to two programs. I walked into my manager's office and told him, thank you very much, but I can't continue here. I appreciate the time. And they, I, I'll never forget the look on his face. He couldn't believe a 24-year-old kid. The second youngest person at that dealership was 40 years old. So I was the youngest by almost 20 years. He couldn't believe I was leaving after having done well um, in a career position. So uh, <laughs> it was unbelievable. He's like, you know, if I could have went back, I would have never hired you or anything like a bad breakup almost. I said, oh, I understand, sir. Thank you very much. So I fast forward. This is now 2015. I uh, got into a master's program and I said, OK, let's take this MCAT. I was blessed to get a job as a teaching assistant. I said, this will be the time. And I said, you know what? I'm smart. I've been studying a couple of years for this thing. Let's take it. Take them, cat. What do you know? I didn't do well. <laughs> and I said, oh, my gosh. Um, you got to take your MCAT and you got to apply with it for the next year to enroll in medical school. So I said, OK, I'm going to finish this one year program. I'm going to have all this time. But I didn't get the MCAT out the way. So I worked as hard as I could in the program. I did well in my master's program. Um, so for anyone who has a lower GPA, doing well in the master's program shows medical schools that you can handle, handle the rigor of their curriculum. And I was being taught by the same professors that taught the medical students. So I was really showing them that I had what it, it, it takes. Um, that being said, you got to get past the medical college admissions test. So I took it again. This time I did better. And I had a whole year in between. So I got another master's in health administration. And I got some mentors this time. I got MD mentors that were in academia to kind of hold my hand. And they knew my work ethic. And it was such a blessing. So fast forward, I had um, the, my first application cycle when I applied in 2015 with my poor MCAT score. I applied to 11 schools. And I said, I'm just going to apply. It's been so long, so much time. You know, I'm just going to apply. I didn't get any interviews, 11 rejection letters, $1,100 later, sitting there back in the same position I was in. So this last time, 
2016 I applied, um, having finally got a decent score in my MCAT and um, having the mentorship of a lot of physicians and other people and research and everything. I apply and I am blessed to receive three interviews and I'm blessed to receive three acceptances. And this is just such a blessing because I graduated undergrad in 2012. And now I'm set to matriculate into medical school at this point, 2017. Five-year winding road that seemed so long while I was in the middle of it because I didn't know how long it was going to take me to finally get to where I wanted to be. Now I am in a position to start my dream of becoming a a medical doctor and a surgeon. So for anyone out there, my entire message to you is do not stop. Do not quit. I could have stopped when that teacher brought me to the back of the class when I was 17 and young and impressionable and had a pure heart and just wanted to do my best. I could have stopped when those advisors looked at me in the face and laughed at me. I could have stopped when my dream undergrad school denied me three times total. I could have stopped at any point in time when I ran out of money, when I got shorted money, when people laughed, when I couldn't get a job at my undergrad school. I could have did any of that. I I could have stopped at any point and people would have said, yeah, Emmanuel, you're smart. You tried. Okay, do something else. But I knew. I wanted to be a physician, and a made-up mind is a strong, strong thing. Do not let anyone dictate your future. Do not let anyone tell you that you can't do something. Pray, work hard, find mentors. When I didn't do well in my MCAT, I literally Googled black doctors on YouTube, and for hours and hours, I what came up? Diverse medicine came up. Dr. Dell came up. Black men in white coats came up. And every video, I said, there's someone who did what I'm trying to do, I can be that person. And now I'm blessed and fortunate to be on a podcast with Dr. Dale speaking to you. I want to speak to that young man out there, that young black male who says, I don't have anyone in my family who ever went to college. Same here. I don't have anyone who ever um, went to medical school. Same here. I didn't do well in my MCAT. Same here. I applied and I didn't get any interviews and I didn't get in. Same here. What do I do next? I tell you what you do next. You have an honest conversation with yourself. You look in the mirror and say, what do I need to do to be successful? When you find that out, you seek out others who are doing what you want to do. Be honest, be humble, and be persistent. Every no has to be a a, a stepping stone for you because you only need one yes. That's one thing I kept telling myself. Yes, you've been saying no for 10 years. Everyone's been saying no. When I get my one yes, I'm going to make that yes count. So please make sure that you seek out mentors. Make sure that you do everything in your power to be the best that you can be and grow. Because guess what? When you get past the MCAT, you got to take medical school exam. And I call those mini MCATs. You have to study. I stay up to four in the morning. I get up and sometimes at seven and I have to do the same thing over and over again. Why? This is a different level. So don't look at the MCAT as, you know, that one thing trying to keep you out of medical school. Look at it as look at it as an opportunity to grow, to get stronger, and to perform on the level you need to perform on to succeed at the next level. It's easier to obtain than it is to maintain. You know, it's easier to get a medical school admissions acceptance than it is to thrive and stay productive in medical school. So just just grow, 
and look at every obstacle, every hurdle as an opportunity for you to be successful at another level. We have to grow every day. Um, so that's my story. Um, if you all want to follow me, um, I have um, at Manny, M-A-N-N-Y, Mac, M-A-C, Medicine, um, on Instagram, on YouTube, at Manny Mac Medicine, um, on Twitter, at Manny Mac Medicine. My whole life's goal now is to encourage others, especially black males, to pursue medicine. Um, I tell my story more on YouTube at Manny Mac Medicine, and I'm looking for any and every platform to be able to help encourage others. So uh, please seek um, seek me out if you have any questions, um, MannyMacMedicine at gmail.com. Again, I just want to be a resource, and I want to help others uh, in the way in the ways that I was helped by other physicians and colleagues and mentors. Um, again, thank you so much, Dr. Dell. That's my story. Uh, my story is not done. I, I have a strong desire to be an orthopedic surgeon. I'm doing research and I'm doing everything that I can to achieve my goal. Um, therefore, everything I'm telling you all, I'm going to rehearse it and listen to it again because I have to go study for my step one exam, uh, which is uh, the first part of my medical boards. And that score really determines uh, my competitiveness as I approach um, orthopedic surgery. So um, we're all in this together. If you're out there, you feel like you're alone, you are not alone. Uh, there are other people here rooting for you, uh, including Dr. Dale and myself, and um, you have no reason to quit. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to stop. You don't have to feel down on yourself. Just grow, take courage, and you can do it. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Dale, for having me. Uh, very honored to be a black man in a white coat. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you so very much for being our guest today, Manny Mac. What an amazing journey. And I'm going to say thank you again, because at the start of the podcast, you mentioned that you would watch these black men in white coats videos and they were inspiring you. And no, I didn't know that. So um, I'm happy and honored to know that they helped you. And that's the idea. That's why we do this. That's why we do this podcast. And you know, probably wasn't too long ago in your mind that you were that student watching the Black Men in White Coats videos, and now you're the one on the podcast inspiring the next generation. So thank you for taking the time out to inspire the next generation. And I know you do a lot more than this podcast because I've seen, I follow you on Twitter and I've seen what you're doing. So thank you for the effort. Thank you for pouring back into the community. And students and teachers and parents, I want you guys to take away one important thing from this. So much to be taken away, but focus on this one thing. And that one thing is, Manny's ability to focus on one thing that he wanted, focus on the goal. Right now, I'm reading a book called Grit by Dr. Angela Duckworth. And in this book, she talks about the people who are successful often are people who can have one goal and go after that goal, just keep on going and going and going and going and never give up. But you're focused on that one goal. And Manny's story is the epitome of that. Since he was in high school, he's been focused on the clinical realm. He was a doing pharmacy work. And then by the time he's 18, he knows he wants to be a doctor and he's shaping his life and he's taking risk and doing everything he can to focus on getting their goodness. He moves from Chicago to Florida, you know, essentially homeless, living with other people, living out of garbage bags and things of that sort. Right. And I love, love his line about pursuit of happiness, right? He was living that pursuit of happiness life. And now look where he's at. Now look where he's at, right? It's paid off for him because he was so focused and he did not quit. Speed bumps will come roadblocks will come but go through them do not quit don't quit so thank you so much manny mac you guys heard him as at manny mac so if you're on twitter at manny mac instagram at manny mac find them connect with them 
Manymac at gmail.com. He'll reach out to him. He's offered his services, his time to help you all get to where you're trying to go. So take advantage of it, okay? And before we get off, let me remind you guys one more time about the Black Men and White Coats Teen Summit, February 16th in Dallas, Texas, on the campus of UT Southwestern Medical Center, right? We're raising money for this event because we want to make sure anybody who wants to come can come. In order to do that, we need to have money to support these students. So I'm going to put the link below. So if you're able to donate, please donate. We accept anything. We're not picky, right? If you can give $5, we'll take it. If you can give $5,000, we'll take it, all right? We appreciate you guys contributing. We're going to contribute, and we just ask that those who care about the mission contribute right alongside of us, okay? So right now, pause the podcast, pause, click pause, and I want you guys to share this. Share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever you use. Share this podcast. We need more people to hear this so more people can hear these stories and we can help more people reach your goals. And after you share it, pause it again and click that subscribe button. Subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, whatever you listen to. Subscribe to the podcast because we need more people like you to share and subscribe to this podcast so we can get the message out and accomplish the mission of getting more black men into white coats. All right. Pre-medical students, you know where to find me, premedstar.com. Just look me up and send me a message. We do tons of work there, tons of mentoring work to make sure you guys get into medical school. So go ahead and shoot me a message there, all right? Love you guys, and I will see you next week. Yeah, yeah.